know what excites me? What? Thank you. That's good. Okay, good, good. <laughs> what excites me is when you get excited. And this week, when we introduced Right Now Media, you got excited. Over 100 of you signed up, checked in, got going, and looking at it. And man, I'll tell you what, when Simon gave me that number, he gave me a number of 80-something earlier in the week. But then I asked him yesterday or Friday, I said, so how many are we up to now? And he said, we're up to 104. Might be farther than that now. 325 maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but man, that excites me. It excites me that, that you want to take advantage of something that we have the opportunity to offer to you that will be of great, big help to you. So keep doing it. If you haven't signed up yet, I even went on, and I think I have it on my app on my phone. <laughs> now, if I can do it, you can too, all right? All right? So uh, go for it. Get it rolling. I think you'll find it really, really, really helpful to your walk in Jesus Christ, and we're looking forward to that. Now, I've had a number of comments about the sermon series, The Promises of God. Well, I haven't had a hundred. But I have had enough that have let me know that you are excited about it, looking at these promises of God and the ones that we've looked at so far. I've enjoyed it. The others that have preached in my place, I know that they've enjoyed it too as we seek to look at what God has for me. So listen, keep sharing your excitement about what you're learning from the Word, okay? Because there's a biblical injunction to that in Galatians chapter 6. It says this, Let the one who has taught the Word share all good things with the one who teaches. Anybody ever been a teacher? Does it feel good when somebody comes back and says, I enjoyed that, or that was really bad, or something like that, right? I mean, I mean any kind of uh, uh, things coming to back, back to you help you. you know, not necessarily the negative things, but, but at least you know people are listening. And when I see you out there looking in your Bible, I see you going like this, or I see you going, that was a terrible joke, or something like that. It's encouraging. And so to you who are in classes in Sunday school, to those that preach, share together what God is doing as they share together with you. It's so important. It will encourage them. It will help them. And a little amen every once in a while, you know, or preach it, brother, or, you know, whatever works for you, that works really, really well too. So thank you so much for doing that. And my whole goal today is to give you a biblical sermon, but I hope it's exciting enough this week that you'll come back for part two next week, okay? If it's not, I guess you won't be here. That is, you go, man, that didn't work at all, right? So I'm excited when you get excited. You probably get a little bit excited maybe when I do too because it just works together. So thank you for being a part of the body of Christ here at Majestic. We're going to look at the I am's quickly in John chapter 15. And I'm going to start out by reminding you that the, the I am's have come from Exodus chapter 3, verse 15, where God and Moses are having this little bit of conversation around, you know, that little fire in the wilderness that's going on. God's in that bush. The Lord's in that bush. And Moses is kind of trying to figure out what he's supposed to do and say when God's called him to go and to lead the people of Israel. And God just says to him, you just tell him, I am who I am. You just tell him, this is who I am. I'm God, you're not. I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to live in, in concordance with my character. That's what I'm going to do. And so the I am's that we look in the Gospel of John, I'm going to go through them pretty fast here. They, those I am's really come from that. This is who God 
is. And he tries in the Gospel of John, the seven of them, he tries to picture them, who he is, because we like those stories, we like those metaphors, we like those pictures that help us to understand who God is and how he's involved in our life. So, they're up on the screen there for you. You can see them. Here it is. I am the bread of life. And I took this from uh, somebody who had done a little bit of study on it. Jesus alone can sustain us who are but starving beggars looking for food. John chapter 6, 35. I am the light of the world. Jesus is the original and eternal source of light in the universe for us who are spiritually blind by birth. John chapter 8, 12. I am the door of the sheep. Jesus is the only door for life for us who are lost outside God's will. John chapter 7, verses or John chapter 10, verses 7 and 9. I am the good shepherd. Jesus knows and cares for us who are orphaned, wandering sheep without a shepherd. John chapter 10, 11 and 14. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the key to escaping spiritual death for us who are hopelessly doomed to death because of our sin. John chapter 11, verse 25, the story of Lazarus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus is the accessible path, the illuminating truth, and the giver of life for us who are lost, ignorant, and dead without him. And last, our passage for today, John chapter 15. I am the true vine. Jesus is the source of eternal life for us who are dead and useless branches apart from him. So let's look at that passage as we look at the seventh I am that's in the Gospel of John. Interesting, the Gospel of John has seven I am's, but also has seven signs, seven miracles too. John trying to make his point, as he says in John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31, that he wrote this so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, and that by believing you might have life in his name. That's why he put this book together. It's clear as could be the word believe over a hundred times in the book of John. He wanted people to read this and to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, and they would have eternal life. But here is John chapter 15. You probably know this really, really well. It's a beautiful, again, picturesque passage. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may, be, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, 
for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Promise number one in the scripture is this. I am the true vine. Jesus says, I am the true vine. That's a promise that you can hold to and hang on to. A vine, as you know, pictures life. And when he says, I'm the true vine, it says that he is the source of spiritual life. He's the one that we come into relationship with so that we have his life, the Jesus life, the life that he wants for us. Jesus' true statement that he is the true vine indicates that he is true life. And it's a description of last week, we talked about this, the four lives that we get when we come to know Jesus as our Savior. We get new life, we get spiritual life, we get eternal life, and we get abundant life. We get those four lives when we come into relationship with Him. And we took the time last week to show you those passages. So when we come to Jesus, we get grafted into the vine. He becomes our source of strength. He becomes our our life in us, our spiritual life in us. Because of who he is. The question I have this morning to start off is this. Are you connected to the vine? Are you connected to the vine? Have you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Savior? Because you're not connected to the vine until you make that decision to receive him, to invite him into your life, to make him your savior, to receive forgiveness of sins. And you know in your heart right now, you know whether you've made that decision. It's not something you go, well, I think, I hope. No, no. You know right now within your heart whether you have made Jesus your vine, whether you've been grafted into the vine. Listen, if you've never come to that point, You've never placed yourself under his care and received his forgiveness for sin. Today is the day of salvation. Don't walk out without knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior. We try to put it as simple as we can. The ABCs, admit to God you're a sinner. Because <laughs> we are. <laughs> All of us have sinned. You're not, if you've never received Christ, you're not unique in that sense. You're just like the rest of us. Our sins... There are many, as we sang, but his mercy is more. B, believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he died on the cross for you and rose again on the third day. You don't have to understand everything about that because we're all working through that process, but that's what he did on the cross for us. That's why he came, to give his life for us, to bear our sins in his body on the tree so that we might become the righteousness of God through him. And the way to make that happen is you just have to confess your faith to him. You have to commit your life to him. Just as many of us have done that. And saying just, God, I need you to be my savior. I want you to be my savior. Come into my life. I want to receive you as 
as the Savior of my life, as the one who gives me forgiveness of sins, as the one who will give me these lives that I need, this new life, this spiritual life, this eternal life someday, but also abundant life while I'm here, while I'm walking with you. Just offer a prayer up to him if you've never done that. Just silent, just say to him, Father, I need you to be, Jesus, I need you to be my Savior. Come into my life, forgive my sin, and help me to walk and to grow with you. If that's something that you're interested in, you can take that connection card. You can fill it out, check that top box, and then we'll together get a hold of you. Maybe you've made that decision. We would love to have the opportunity just to share together what God's doing in our life and what God has done in your life and giving you new life. But I want to make sure you're connected to the vine. You, you don't know, you don't know the days that you have. You don't know the hours that you have. You can't say, well, I hope, I hope, I hope. Don't. Please, don't do that. Today is the day of salvation. Invite him to be a part of your life. We would love to help you with that. Now, as we think about the, the fact that Jesus is the true vine, um, some of you I know have a green thumb. You can make plants flourish. How many, anybody, got any, how many green, green thumbs we got out there? You can brag. It's all right. Okay. All right. It's all right. Okay. I know that some of you have black thumbs. <laughs> you know how to make plants perish. <laughs> some of you can make them flourish. Some of you can make them perish, right? Okay, how many black thumbs are out there? <laughs> yeah, I got, I'm raising my hand. When I moved into my office in Amarillo, I'm my first youth pastorate, um, had this upstairs office where there wasn't any real light up there. And the plants that were in there, because the youth pastor before me, his wife worked at a greenhouse and for a flower shop. And so he had these nice, really green plants. Well, after about two days, they weren't green anymore. <laughs> They're like, they were, they, I don't know how to take care of these things. You know, you water them, and then you pour about seven gallons of water on them. That didn't work either, right? I, yeah, it just doesn't work. But some of you know how to make them flourish, and some of us, we just have a little hard time. We're pretty good at making them perish. Listen, I want to remind you about Jesus, the true vine, this promise. It says of Jesus in Hebrews chapter 13. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means he's always going to be the true vine. It's a promise. He's not going to all of a sudden, you know, kind of wilt. <laughs> it's not going to happen. He's always going to be who he is. I am who I am. He's always going to be that. And so... He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And you're connected to him. You will stay connected to him. He's holding on to you. He's the vine. So we can, we can say that as we think. He is our source. He is the source of strength. He's a source of salvation as the true vine. That's a promise that you can hold on to. It will always be that Secondly, as I think about this passage, and I'm not going to cover it just exegetically, um, just going to cover it kind of topically today. If you abide in the vine, you'll thrive. If you abide in the vine, you will thrive. Now, think with me about this. None of us lives life on our own or by our own. There's something or someone we are depending on or focusing on to give us life and satisfaction. 
an old song that maybe you've heard many years ago, might even, you know, be popular today. You know, some of those songs kind of make their way back. But as the song said this, you got to serve somebody. Bob Dylan, right? Here we go. Yeah, Bob Dylan, right? You got to serve somebody, and everybody does. Everybody does. Something or someone. There's something that they focus on, they depend upon, and we do too, for life and satisfaction. Now think back with me last week. We talked about the word abide. It's found 34 times in the Gospel of John, 19 times in his letters, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. And it's found, I counted, 11 times here in John 15, the word abide. 11 times in 17 verses tells us that he's focusing on something. He wants you to get this. He wants you to understand abiding. And the word means to to remain. Some translations use that. I think maybe New International uses that. Remain or to stay. We can even do it as we think about the vine, to stay connected to the vine. He's abiding with us. That's never going to change once you come in and you're part of his life. That's never going to change. But we have a tendency to kind of wander off a little bit, kind of a part of our nature, and to, to not stay connected to him. Uh, the sense is also that somebody would come to your home and, and they would stay at your home. A guest would come and stay at your home. The sense of connection, of remaining, of being a part of each other's lives to sustain unbroken fellowship with one another. To have a friend is someone who is uh, always present to help you in the time of need. And as we said last week, there's nobody here that's ever done that. We're not able to do that. We can be great friends but we will never, ever be there always for somebody. It just it doesn't going to happen. But there is, as we say, and we know the scripture, um, there is one. There is one who stays closer than a brother. Proverbs chapter 18. Now, maybe you have a lifelong friend that you enjoy being with. I was with a man in our Thursday morning small group this week, and he said this. He said, my father was my best friend. I got 70 years with him. My father's my best friend, and I had 70 years with him. That is so good. I have a friend here today, my friend Gary Taylor. Gary came to know Christ as our senior year of high school in the Littleton area. You know, we've stayed in contact through the years. I haven't stayed in as good as contact as I should have. But over the past few years, God has really drawn us back together. And he came to stay at my house last night. He's not going to abide there forever. (laughs) Not that I'm kicking him out. But he has to go back to his work and to his family. But dear, dear friend, to be able to share Christ together. I'm so thankful for you, Gary. Thank you. What God's done in his life. Changed him changed him. But even more exciting, even more exciting would be this, is that we would say of the Lord, He's my best friend. And all the 
these years, for me, 60 years, coming to Christ at the age of five, all these years, he's been abiding with me. And I have worked, like you, to abide with him. Haven't been perfect at it, that's for sure. But I've worked at it, just like you have worked at it, to abide with him and to stay with him and to remain with him and to sustain unbroken fellowship with him. You've worked really hard at that. And we're going to continue to do it. We're going to fight the good fight. We're going to finish the race. We're going to press on to honor him and to seek him. You see, as that verse in Proverbs 18 says, there's a man of, of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Solomon understood that. But there's that one, the Almighty God, that, that can stick closer than anybody else because once we come into relationship with, that fellowship will be unbroken. But this morning, if maybe you're struggling, maybe you're a little bit disappointed, maybe... Maybe you're a little bit apathetic about your relationship with the Lord. The question I would ask is, have you been abiding with Him? I think I've already made the point clear. He's, he's not going anywhere. He's always there. But we have this tendency to, to break that fellowship. Not to lose our salvation, no. But to break that closeness that's there. And I want to encourage you this morning. Draw back to Him. Come back to Him. He loves you. And He misses you. And that fellowship with you. The other day I was fixing my breakfast pretty easy to fix breakfast for. Done it for years. I just need a bowl of cereal and some toast. That's it. <laughs> well, every once in a while, I'll ask Alicia on Friday. She's really gracious on Fridays. She'll say, can I fix you something for breakfast today? But the other days, I pretty much piece of bread and a couple pieces of bread and some frosted flakes with bananas are really good. Um, hope you ate breakfast this morning. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I got this picture off, obviously, off the internet. And, uh, of course, I've never had a toaster that looks that nice. You probably haven't either, right? There's jelly, honey all over it, butter down the sides. Um, anyway, so I, I went to make my piece of toast, and I kept pushing that, that lever down, and it kept not engaging, and it kept popping up on me. You know, and the bread was going like this. No, it wasn't popping out. But, um, but I, I tried it about three or four times. And it just, it just it wouldn't engage. It just kept coming back up. So I looked, and, you know, it's hard to find. If you don't ever want to find a picture of toaster, it's really hard to find one with a cord, too, okay? They just usually show the toaster, but this one has a little bit of a cord. So I, I followed the cord over to the outlet and plug, plugged in. And then I pressed those three buttons on the front, you know, to see if something was wrong with those three buttons, whatever they are. And then I went to that knob, you know, the knob that says, how burnt do you want your toast? You know, that knob. <laughs> I went to that and, and, you know, kind of fiddled with it a little bit. And I pushed it down again, and it still kept coming up. 
So I'm a really patient guy. I was really screaming and mad, you know. No, I wasn't doing that. I, I was really handling this pretty well for me. <laughs> so I went back and I followed the cord back up into the outlet. And the cord was, the, the plug was in the outlet, but it wasn't all the way in the outlet. I was connected, but not really connected. And because it wasn't all the way in, it was not going to toast my toast. I think there's a picture of abiding there. We, we're plugged in, but we're not all the way plugged in. When we're abiding, we're all the way plugged in. Now, just kind of hanging on, abiding, remain. Stay unbroken, sustained fellowship. We're all the way plugged into the vine. Oh, he's, he's got us. Remember, he's got us, but it's us that need to make sure we're all the way plugged into him. Fully abiding with him. Maybe in your spiritual life, there's like there's a power outage going on right now. Because you're not all the way plugged into him. You've, you, well, you know, Lord, mate, I can't, I, if I, get out of the way, plugged in. Abide in him. Get back with him. You see, because abiding in the vine takes intention, discipline, It's going to take those three things for you to stay abided, that's a word, in the vine. On Friday, I got really excited because I was talking to somebody out in the lobby. And this individual shared with me that she was making some adjustments to her schedule because she recognized she wasn't where she needed to be with Jesus. Not, not, you know, not big sin, all that. Just wasn't spending time with Jesus because of the busyness of her life. And so she's making adjustments to her schedule because she wants to be intentional, she wants to be disciplined, and she wants to get time with Jesus. Yes! Right? We didn't want that for everybody. Young people, children, we would want that. For them to say, I really want to be fully connected to Him. I want to abide with Him like I've never abided before. And I will be intentional about it. I will discipline myself. And I will give the time to make that happen. Some of you did that this morning. It's that important to you that you got up early. You opened up your Bible, you took the time to pray, and you, you just fellowshiped with Him just a little bit with that cup of coffee or whatever it is for you. But, but you took the time because you want to remain abiding in Him. You want to stay connected to Him. It's going to take effort to do that. But we can one way to evaluate your abide in the vine is to evaluate your abide in the Word of God. Last Wednesday, I read this from a Faith, faith Gateway email promotion. Just like God, to bring me something about abiding through my blogs that I read. He says this, they wrote, Have you ever been taught to abide in God's Word? That kind of got my attention when I read that on Wednesday. That's what I'm talking about. 
You probably have been told you should read the Bible. Anybody ever been told that? A lot of you haven't been told that. Let me tell you now, okay? <laughs> you should read your Bible. I know you've heard it. We know that. We should read our Bible. It goes on to say this. But has anyone taught you how to read the Bible to achieve maximum spiritual growth in your life? Not merely knowledge of biblical people and events. No, that's where the Abide Bible can help. I'm not making a sales pitch here, just reading the promotion, okay? Every feature in the Abide Bible is arranged to teach and develop scripture engagement habits that help you know the power and spiritual nourishment of abiding in Christ. John 15, 4, it says. The Abide Bible will help you develop five key practices for engaging the Word in deeper ways than ever before. One, praying the scriptures. Two, picturing yourself within the text. Three, contemplation. Four, journaling. And five, engaging through art. Those would be good things. Those would be good ways to abide in the Word so that you abide in the vine. Because the abide in the vine takes abiding in the Word of God. With that, again, this week, I heard two testimonies from people in our church. Get this. They are excited because they know people who are excited about getting back into the Word of God. Yeah, they're going, that's exciting. They're, they're, they got a Bible. They're starting to read through the Bible. It's, it's meaning something to them. Man, it's like, yes, that's what we want. And they're excited for somebody who's getting excited. Yeah. I pray that'll happen even to you this week. So if you're not connected, you're, you're kind of connected, but, but you'd plug back in. You'd get connected better and, and you'd find the word and find it in a way you've, you haven't seen it in maybe just a few weeks or even a couple days, what God wants to do. Because we need to treasure the Word. We need to abide in it. We need to make the Word our treasure and stay connected to it. What did Jesus say? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your heart is, there your treasure will be. Yeah. So we, we, have, we have helps for you. We have the open windows out there. We have the daily bread. This is the, the new open windows. Some people say the daily crumbs. I don't know. You know, it's just, it's helpful. If you need help, if you need a place just to be able to get yourself going, these are some helps. You can get them from all sorts of, you know, any of the radio ministries, the journals that come your way. We have these to help you get into the Word of God. It's that important for you. You cannot abide in the vine without abiding in the Word. It just will not happen. So make sure you, you grab maybe a copy of these. The new ones are coming out for the new quarter that starts in March. Here's what I here's what I read this week. I'll see if I can remember. On Friday in the Daily Bread, it talked about Joshua 1.9, where God says to Joshua, he says, keep my commandments, walk in them, and you'll be prosperous and successful. Sorry, I memorized that verse, but it's not here today. It's like, oh yeah, that fits with my sermon. Right here, right here. In the, in the Daily Bread, just about what we're going to talk about today. On, fr on Saturday, in the Daily Bread, um, it talked about, uh, let's see, what was it, Saturday? Um, there, was a, there was one about uh, focus. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember what it is. It's gone. <laughs> today, today, it was Joshua 24. And that passage about, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. 
And it goes on to a verse after that and says, we will serve the Lord. He's questioning them. Will you do it? Will you do it? And say, yeah, the, the children say, we will do it. We will do it. We will do it. What's, he's saying, he's saying, listen, focus in on him. Just another way to think of abiding. Focus in on him. Keep your eyes on him. That's the one that was on Friday, Saturday. Keep your eyes on him. That's what it means to abide. Stay connected. Just other ways to picture it. All those things were right there. And these, talking about what we were talking about even today. And today in the daily bread, it said this, we need to lean into Jesus. That's just another good way, another word kind of synonymous to be able to say, that's what it means to abide, to lean into Him. You know, it's easy to go this way oftentimes, <laughs> to lean away from Him, but to, we need to lean into Him, abiding in Him. All those things, just, just for my sermon, here, found here, and be able to help you and to grow you in the Word of God and abiding in Him. Thursday's open window. I forgot that. Thursday's open window said this, that by abiding in the Word, it will keep us from being deceived by false teachers. You, we need that. There's a lot of false teaching going on out there. And putting yourself in the Word, abiding in the Word so you're abiding in the vine will help you to understand and to see the deceit that is out there and not to get deceived any of you ever heard about Right Now Media? <laughs> Do you think it might be able to help you out too? Devotionals galore in there. I just picked out three little things, Bible studies that are there from these various individuals that are, that are there for, for you to take advantage of, for you to be able to, to get into the Word of God and be a part of abiding in the Word so you can abide in the vine, you can stay connected to Jesus Christ. Some excellent things that are right there for you. You've probably heard this before, but seven days without the word makes one week. <laughs> W-E-A-K. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you got it now. <laughs> seven days without the word makes one week. Yeah. One day without the word will make you weak too. I don't get into it every day. I work at it. Some days I miss. I haven't missed a prayer time in three years. I mean, I, I, that one, that one, I get done. Even at nine o'clock, sometime at night, so I'm going to get my prayer time for you guys in. But I get there almost every day. I work hard at it, just like you work hard at it. I have to make time for it, just like you do. You know, I got to be intentional discipline myself, and i got to give it time. Keep working at it, my friends. Keep working at it. It will pay off. It's the Word of God. It will never change. Just like the true vine will never change. So take those daily breads or open windows. Get a reading plan. You know, whatever it is. You don't have to read through the Bible every year. Go do, do it, you know, just do the New Testament. Do a chapter a day. Do the Proverbs 31, you know, one chapter a day for that. Just find yourself some way to be intentional, disciplined, and time so that you can abide in Him. Maybe you could do this. Um, maybe you could make it your goal that when we get into the 40 days before Easter, Lent time, chance to focus toward the Resurrection Sunday, 
starts on March the second. Maybe maybe that would be your goal to say I'm going to get I'm going to get 40 days in of reading the Word of God. I'm just going to I'm going to make that my goal. I can do that. And you know what? If you miss a day, you miss a day. It's all right. All right. Just just get the next day in. Just get the next day in. So maybe if you haven't been connected here, just trying to put it in kind of simple terms, if you haven't been connected like you need to do, listen, confess your sin and connect. Just say, God, you know, I haven't been intentional. I haven't been disciplined. I haven't given you the time that you deserve. And I just give that to you. Confession of sin brings healing, of course. And then reconnect. Make it your goal to get back in the Word. Here's the way to do it is, don't wait till tomorrow. Make it happen today. Because then you got a victory. Start tomorrow, right? Take the victory. Celebrate the victories. Yes, we need to do that. It, it, those conversations with the people this week, that excited me because people are having victory. They're getting connected. Just keep sharing them with us. Keep sharing them in your Sunday school class one another, because that encourages us to get forward. He says, and here if we'll abide, he says in verse 7, abiding brings answered prayer. He says in, in verse 11, abiding brings his joy. Those are some really good things that happen to you and to me. As we abide, he'll answer prayer. As we abide, his joy will be a part of us. It will be coming out from us. Hmm. We sang earlier, in the secret place, in the quiet place, why would we do that? Why would we be intentional? Why would we discipline ourselves? Why would we give that time? Because we want to what? Know Him more. Not just knowledge about Him, not just that Methuselah was, you know, 969 years of age, something like that, right? Facts. But we would know Jesus Christ, the true vine, and be really connected to him. So you can thrive spiritually. Third thing is this, third promise in the scripture is this. If you abide in the vine, you will bear fruit. Abides 11 times in this passage, bear fruit seven times in this passage. 17 verses. He's making a point. If you abide in Him, you stay connected to Him, you will bear fruit. What does it mean to bear fruit? I think it just means to make disciples. To help people become in a relationship with Jesus, connected with Him, and then grow in Him. What does He tell us in Matthew 28, right? Go, therefore, and what? Go, therefore, and go to church. No. It's important. Yes. Go, therefore, and make disciples. People who come to know Jesus and who want to grow and become more like Jesus, looking like Jesus. Like we are seeking to do. Like we are working to do, to become more like Jesus Christ. Go. Make disciples. Then baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them then everything they need to know. And then he says, I am with you, always, even to the end of the age. You see, in, the, in that command to go, he says, I'm going with you. 
I'm with you always. As you're going, I am with you always. I'm abiding with you. So as you're going, abide with me, and I'm going to go with you in the journey to make disciples, to share Jesus with people, to help them come into relationship with Him. And then once they come into relationship, to help them grow, to teach them what they need to know to be grow in that walk with Jesus Christ. The Great Commission. We have it in our bulletin. We give it there, what our statement is, right? Living for Jesus, loving people, making disciples, changing the world. That's what we want to be about. That's our mission. And it's a good team to be a part of at Majestic Baptist Church. I'm so thankful we get to do it together. To grow in this relationship with Jesus and to love the people around us as the great commandment says, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then to love our neighbors ourselves, to care for them like we would care for ourselves because we want to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember this old hymn? I mean, it goes kind of like this. Count your many disciples, name them one by one. Well, I, I kind of made up a few words there. But can you count the people that you've discipled? That you've helped to come to know Jesus Christ and that you're helping to grow and to be more like Jesus Christ? That's what we're called to do. We can't do 50 people all at one time, of course. But... Who are those people in your life who are seeking to help them grow in Jesus Christ? Every one of us needs to have somebody we're investing our spiritual life with so they can become greater disciples, so they can abide in the vine, and they can grow, and they can mature, and they can help others come to know Jesus Christ and to abide in the vine and grow with Him. We're all called to do that. Hello, Lord. What do you you have for us? He's calling. <laughs> I love this state, statement. Well, I'll give this one first. So I tried to put the other one and put kind of C's. Confess and connect. As I'm thinking about discipling, listen, now, now we need to connect, and we, we need to connect, and we need to get cruising. <laughs> you know, I couldn't find another word. You know, I had to have a C word there, right? Let's connect with him, but then cruise, man. Let's, let's do what he wants us to do. Let's go. Let's say, you know, let's go cruising, right? That means we're going somewhere. That's what we want to do, to bear fruit for him. love this statement by D.L. Moody, where I went to, to Bible college years ago. Um, he said this, let God have your life. He can do a lot more with it than you can. <laughs> let God have your life. He can do a lot more with it than you can. As we abide with him, that's going to happen for us. Staying close to him, abiding in the word so that we're abiding in the vine. Let's see, there's about a hundred and how many? How many? So 110 here today. Okay, I just counted real quick. Like, <laughs> I got a little experience at this, you know, after all these years. Somewhere right in there. What if every one of us had one person that we discipled this year? That'd be a, a hundred more people growing in Jesus, and then we encourage them to go and disciple somebody else. Think what that could do for our world. Powerful, mighty Christians growing, abiding in the vine as he abides with us, changing the world. We've talked a lot about who's your one. We've talked about those people that 
you want to come to know Jesus Christ, pray through that list for you this morning. Got a number more names that we're going to be praying through. We talked about that, but how, maybe who's your one that you could disciple? A Christian that needs to grow, that you would like to come alongside them to help them grow. Who's that one person in your life that you could help do that? That's what I've asked God to take this message and that you would come. And there's a blank on that sermon outline there. Write down that name of that person. Because you, you can disciple them. You know the Bible. You know enough to be able to help somebody to grow. And you know what? When you start meeting with them, guess what's going to happen? Yeah, you're going to grow too. You're going to get to know the Bible better. And they're going to ask you questions. And you know what? That's going to give questions to you. And so you're going to get your questions answered too. But my, my thought today is this. Yeah, we have our who's or what. Who's that one person we want to come to know Jesus? But who's the one person you could disciple this year? You could be intentional. You could be disciplined. You could spend time with them going through the Word, going through a book, sharing maybe just, hey, what would you read in the Daily Bread this morning? What would you read in the open window? What would you read in the devotional guides you're working through? What did you hear on the radio this week? What did Pastor Scott say this week? Just some way to engage them and to help them to become more like Jesus Christ, just like you're working to be more more like Jesus. Well, I don't know if I did a good job exciting you today, but I hope you'll come back next week. (laughs) Because we're going to go back into the passage, see some more promises of God. But the promise is there. I am the true vine. That is a promise you can hold on to. If you will abide in the vine, you will thrive spiritually. And if you will abide in the vine, you will bear fruit. We can hang on to those things. So, if you bow your heads, who's, who's that one person? God's, God's speaking to you. Write it down. Make it a goal to get a hold of them this afternoon or tomorrow. Say, I'd just like to get together. Let's go get some coffee together. I'd love to be able to enter into a relationship and grow with you in Jesus Christ. I need your help. It would be a blessing to be able to be come alongside you. Father, you've, you've given names, faces this morning. Now help us to go do that which we should do because you've called us to do it. And then we remember, Father, we're not going alone. You're going with us. Father, I also pray that you just help us to stay close to you. Stay connected to you. For those that have had a little disconnect, God, today would be a day of drawing back to you. And there would be joy in their heart that the steps are going to take. Thank you that we can meet with you and you're personal. And you have a plan for our life. Thank you for being able to gather this morning. Do a good work in Sunday school. Do a good work as we give, as we leave. Do a good work in the prayer requests that are turned in. We gather this week to pray over those. Father, we really want to pray for this body. So let them know how we can pray for them because we care. Thank you for abiding.